In my office, which is up the stairs, it's kind of like the edge of Hogwarts, if you've ever been to that part of the synagogue. We keep certain basic books nearby, and one that I keep on my desk is a Jewish calendar. It's not like the ones we give out every year for the high holidays. This one, created in Jerusalem and published in the United States, it lays out 200 years of Jewish time. You can leaf through its pages and find your Torah portion from your bat mitzvah 25 years ago. Or you can look forward to see when Passover falls in 2052. The calendar is, as one would hope, accurate at counting days. That's what calendars are supposed to do. And its conclusions are accepted across the spectrum of the Jewish community. As you heard before we lit candles, we are now in the midst of counting days in a special way because after the Seder, we are commanded to count the days between Passover and Shavuot. We call it Svirat HaOmer, the counting of the Omer. And it's a ritual that lasts for 49 days. An Omer is an ancient measurement of grain. Grain was important in the temple's tradition. At Passover, our ancestors would bring an offering, an Omer of barley, part of the early spring harvest to the temple. Barley was an essential part of their diet. And where I come from in the Pacific Northwest, as a liquid form, it still is. <laughs> and then 49 days later, they would bring a wheat offering too, on Shavuot, which happens to coincide with the wheat harvest. They counted those days in between, hoping for blessing and prosperity, that just as God gives us freedom, so God gives us Torah, so God can give us of the bounty of the land. The festivals, with all their historic spiritual significance, they're deeply related to the natural cycle of the seasons and to the process and blessing of the harvest. But how do we count the days? You know, historians point out that there was a dispute amongst the Jews. Is this something new? A dispute between the rabbis and the Sadducees or the priests about when to begin counting the Omer. Because the Torah is unclear. Is it on the Shabbat after Passover, as the Sadducees thought? Or on the second day of Passover, which the rabbis declared to be an extra Shabbat? Well, since we are inheritors of the rabbinic tradition, we keep the rabbinic injunction to begin that Omer count on the second night. And we did it here. Just as we had concluded the Seder, we joined with a group that all over San Francisco is counting the Omer. But the notion about how one approaches the passing of time, how one counts the days, that that can be debated, well, that remains a challenge for us even today. For example, how many of you people will ask me as you came in the doors today, Rabbi, how many days of Passover should one observe? Is tonight the end of Passover as a seven-day holiday? Or do you keep Passover for eight days? So I want to take a poll right here and now. 
How many of you keep seven? Raise your hand. How many of you keep eight? Raise your hand if you're confused. <laughs> so, the Torah is very clear on this issue. Shivat yamim matzah tochelu. Seven days shall you eat matzah with a seder observed on the first night. And the only reason why I personally eat matzah is because God commands it. <laughs> so why have the possibility of eight days? Because the rabbis, prior to the creation of that calendar, how would they declare a Jewish holiday? They would declare it by the sliver of the new moon in Jerusalem. Witnesses would have to come and, and they would accept that it was the new month and the holiday would be coming up and they would light bonfires throughout that Jewish world into the diaspora, which worked for a time until people started to mess with the bonfires. And so they would send out instead runners, Jewish runners, throughout the Jewish world to announce the holiday and then that announcement became unreliable because by the time they got to distant communities as we move further out it was confusing as to which day was the beginning of the holiday so the jewish solution is when you don't do know something which is which what do we do we do both we're not sure how many times to uh, blow the shofar there are three different approaches so what do we do at rosh hashanah we blow it all three ways so they said in the diaspora we would keep an extra day. Well, wouldn't you think that with the advent of the mathematical calendation in the fourth century, that we would switch back to seven days? It's what Israeli Jews do. I will never forget when we were in Seattle and some friends had an Israeli family over for their Passover. It was their first time in the United States. And we went there for second Seder and the kid who was eight years old looked out from the balcony in amazement and asked, what are you doing? Passover was last night. <laughs> he was dumbstruck. But the Talmud did conclude that the diaspora should maintain, even though we know, this tradition. It was in the 1840s that the reform movement, as one of its engagements with modernity, concluded that the festivals should be kept for seven days, even in the diaspora. A decision that was not embraced by everyone. And so to make things more confusing, Reformed Jews who keep seven days often still do what? Have a second Seder. Because we like it. And of course, the rabbinic tradition itself is not consistent. Seven days, we are told, you shall dwell in a sukkah. But the Torah states, on the eighth day, you should also do this. So we stay a little bit longer. And in Israel, everyone keeps eight nights of Hanukkah. So what is a Jew interested in consistency supposed to do? Should we embrace the Breslau Rabbinic Conference conclusion that the eighth day of the festival has no more validity for our time? And in so doing, give up our second Seder? Or should we, as I've sometimes wondered, for the sake of Jewish unity, adopt the eighth day of the holiday and be the same as our Orthodox and conservative Jewish partners so we're on the same calendar? And then I was reminded of Ralph Waldo Emerson's sermon on self-reliance, in which he made that famous statement, consistency is the hobgoblin of 
of little minds. Certainly not a Jew, Emerson's statement does reflect Jewish thinking. We as Jews like to wrestle with ideas. We struggle with meaning. And we will often take up conflicting approaches and views, changing over time, going back and forth. So what do I do? I embrace inconsistency in regard to Jewish time. In the best spirit of Reformed Judaism, I ask you to make your own informed choice and respect the choices of others. So what are we going to do as Emmanuel? We as a synagogue will conclude this service with uh, saying it's the end of Pesach, but then what are we going to serve at the Oneg out there? You're going to have the matzah available, one more day of matzah, <laughs> if you so choose on your way out. Or we encourage you to go break your Pesach because the observance is over for you. What is really important is that we are thinking about, we are keeping, and we are living in Jewish time, even as we make our way in the greater world. It's been Pesach for seven days, and as we celebrate here in San Francisco, we are counting the days to Shavuot. We are slowly making our ways to Sinai, and we are thinking about the seasons and transition, and most importantly, how this spirituality can help us have an even greater harvest in our lives. Shabbat Shalom. We turn to page 586 in Rise for Elenu.